Hello, my name is Scott Cameron. This is The Joys of Teaching Literature. So we're here to talk all things <clears throat> books, novels, plays, poems, short stories, of course, essays, articles, and all that good stuff, high school English. So if you want to know more about me, you can go to my website. It's theteachersworkshop.com. I offer online professional development for high school English teachers. So still trying to make sense out of this year. The topic um, that's always a topic, regardless of whether we're remote or in person, um, is homework. And so this year, you know, in particular, so so I'll just kind of give this a title right away. I'm calling it, <laughs> I don't know, for some reason, I usually come up with a title for my podcast or my blog pretty easily and quickly. It just kind of comes to me. I'm like, yeah, there it is. But this one, I just thought for so long, I was like, I don't know what, other than just calling this homework, I didn't really know what to call it. Anyway, calling this one, Putting Home and Work Together. This year has made me take a close look at how much work I expect students to complete at home. It's, it's kind of a question. I think with a lot of hybrid models, you we're dealing with a shortened amount of time that we have with students in addition to everything else, where they're either you know, a combination of live streaming at home or doing something asynchronous at home, and then we actually have people in person, which that's going to be my life next week. Uh, but right now I'm just doing remote, so I'm thinking about, okay, if I have less time in class, how much asynchronous slash homework am I going to assign outside of the, the class time that we have? I, my rule of thumb always is don't, don't give homework um, other than just reading the novel, um, which I wish there was a way around that too. I feel like most kids should have, they don't, they don't in my school, but they should have at least one or two free periods where they can get their homework done while they're actually at school. That would be ideal. Or something like a, a study hall or even a reading lab where they can just come in and read. You know, like in science classes, they have a lab where they do the hands-on experiment. This would be where they just read silently. I think there should be a place for reading silently in schools. Anyway, um, so that's my rule of thumb is like work, like class work happens in class. Even, I mean, if you really want, you can take it home and finish it, but I give enough time and I only give, I, I assign a grade based on the amount of time that I give in class to complete that work. So now that we have a limited, you know, less time with our students, how much time should we, should we, can I keep, still keep that rule of thumb and get done what I need to get done? So that's that's a question. It's not an answer. <laughs> I think that I'm trying to answer. I feel like most people are trying to answer. Like, what's a healthy amount? <clears throat> and this is the question in general with this topic: is what is a healthy amount of homework? If you look at the research, whatever the research says, I sometimes sometimes think our own individual experience with our kids in our school is way more valuable than research. I think we can be a little research happy sometimes, and you know, obviously with anything, and so, I mean, some sciences maybe not as much in others, but with the social sciences, it's kind of like an ongoing story than it is a, a, a fact that we can say this absolutely is a fact and it's not going to change five, ten years down the road or when we get a better study, a better way of, of looking at uh, student behavior. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's valuable for what it is. And a lot of the research basically says yeah, some kind of balance, right? We're not assigning too much and it's not stressful and meaningless work and just busy work, but where they can actually learn and do just a minimal amount of work, you know, is, is probably good, especially in the upper grades, upper level grades. A little bit of homework's not going to hurt anybody. It gives them something to do when they get home from school. And, you know, think about college too. If you want, you know, in college, we 
take the work home and in our dorms we have these tables outside of our dorm room and work together in groups to complete the homework and we kind of work silently but then when somebody has a question or hey I don't understand this we kind of help each other out and teach each other material one person who knows it teaches other material maybe you understand something later that you can teach to somebody or I think it works this way you have TAs in addition to your professor you have somebody who's you know going to come to you know some common area outside the dorms where you can walk to get there there's 10 15 20 kids all getting an extra explanation for the calculus or physics or whatever it is same deal you can listen to the to, to that to their explanation of how to work your way through a problem uh, also sitting next to your friend or somebody that you don't know that can be helpful sometimes sometimes we sit down next to our friend and we get distracted and we just socialize but when we're sitting down with somebody who we kind of vaguely know it's a little bit more sort of professional where we're answering helping each other answer the, the problems in, the, in that set of homework so that's really valuable learning experience because we can in our in articulating what our problem is and discussing what our problem is with a particular you know set of equations or whatever it is uh, and even I remember having similar kinds of groups for my English classes where you sit down and just kind of talk out the novel you have the professor talk it out usually in a really complicated language <laughs> that kind of English teacher language that they have you know especially when you're younger 18 19 20 years old uh, but then you have the language of your you and your friends and you make sense of the different things in your notes you can you know have conversations about oh I took a note on this and remember this happened so you refresh your memory about the characters and the, and the larger issues and that's how you prepare to write an essay is by having a conversation about it. that's I mean that's not typically what we see as home in high school homeworks go home open up a textbook get out your hand out and do it yourself Maybe you have a parent, maybe you have a sibling, maybe you have a tutor because you're rich and you have a tutor, right? Uh, maybe you have a space to do homework that's well lit and free of distraction, and maybe you share a room with two of your siblings because you live in a smaller apartment unit, and that's an issue. <clears throat> so there's there's all kinds of reasons why kids don't do homework, or you know they're not even going home; they're just going to their job. So they show up with no homework and like what happened you're like well you know either I had a job or my parents weren't home so they were working a job late at night because they don't have a nine-to-five job they're driving a truck or you know they're a nurse at a hospital and they don't they work at night so I did so those kids don't have the supervision that some kids have or and the assistance that other kids have so it's opening up this whole thing of who's got the advantage and the kids who have the advantage of a home life where they have somebody breathing down their neck, you know, asking them where the homework is and get out your homework and what's for homework and you have a parent checking their grades and making sure that, you know, they're they're submitting each individual assignment and some kids who, who don't have that. And so they're either not doing the work or, uh, and then you have kids who don't do the work because they understand the material and it's boring to them, <laughs> right? And they're so far beyond, they don't need the homework to under to, to get the A on the test. We've had those kids too, right? They don't they need to study anything or prepare anything. They just get the A. Uh, so you're dealing with a lot of different situations um, and, and you know, trying to have one blanket policy that works for all kids. Some kids need homework. They like they thrive on it, you know. Kids like spending a lot of time on their home. I have I have a minimum minimum number of pages that I assign. For taking notes on a novel, say it's two, three, four pages of notes on a whole novel, it's a minimum. 
Some kids submit 25, I don't understand how or why, but they like taking notes. They, they submit these you know, typed out notes, 25 pages long. It's clearly their work um, and it's amazing work and they have that and they can use those notes to help them write the essay. So each individual kid is just different. Um, and we're, that's always our struggle in the classroom and out of the classroom is to have, a, have a activities and policies and rules and expectations that that work for everybody so you know we, we need to think about what we're asking students when we ask them to do homework you know wake up early go to school all day right? attend your after-school activities then you go have dinner by the way work in a short conversation with your family I remember that getting home from swimming and then okay have, have you know go and do your homework but also yeah you want to be a family too somewhere in your think about that right from waking to night how long do we actually talk to our family members you know so have a good conversation with your family then maybe after that you're walking your dog or taking care of some chores or cleaning your room or whatever it is organizing your, your folders and notebooks uh, and then for a couple hours before bedtime maybe it's a few hours you get those textbooks, these huge, you see the book bags in schools these days are, you know, 100, 100, 100 pounds and all kinds of folders and notebooks and handouts and everything. Get those back out, you know, and get back to working hard. During this time period where you, you have probably woke up so early to go to school that you're exhausted, you know, you just played a sport and had a bunch of food, you know, that makes me tired after I eat. Um, but yeah, regardless of all that exhaustion, get out your books and be sharp and go back at it and actually get something out of it. Learn something, you know. Um, it's like we planned out every second of every day for them. We're also hoping that they can complete their work in a supervised, quiet space outside their bedroom because their bedroom, they make associations with their bed inside their bedroom of sleep and they get tired just being on their bed or around their bed. And then they can't fall asleep because they just did a bunch of work next to their bed. So that's an unconscious thing that happens. So we don't want them to be in their bedroom. They want, we want them to be outside their bedroom. I remember in college, I went to the, to the library for those reasons. I had a bunch of distractions. My friends were always playing music or hanging out. There was a bunch of us. You know, it was 10, 12 people in one house my senior year. So I just had to get out of there. Um, so we wanted to be free of distraction and that they, again, have the brain power that they need to actually complete this work. So I'm sure we all have a few students, and this is we use against everybody else. We have a couple of students that get A's, they do all the homework, they're amazing, they're superstars, they're brilliant, and they're able to do it. And you want to be like, see, look, everybody, I have, <laughs> I have you know, anywhere between one and five kids that do this. Therefore, you can all do it. You should all do it. But that's not the right mentality, right? I mean, in, in, in reality, a lot of kids, most of them, are resilient, right? They, are, they deal with hard work. They, you know, they're being told all the time to work hard by their parents, and they're able to, to deal with whatever we throw at them. They really want to make their teachers and parents happy, right? But that's not the reason that they should be willing to do homework, just to make their teachers and parents happy, to get that A, right? Um, some, some will do anything to get the A, so we don't, we don't want that either. Yeah, that's not really the life we want for all of our students. Should we reward the, the students that will do the work at home only because there's a grade attached and that's the only reason they're doing it? Will, will assigning large amounts of homework, sometimes completed with the assistance of a tutor, parent, or let's be honest, by copying the work of another student, 
level the playing field and give all students a fair shot at success. In a way, we're training them to become like adult workers on overtime, without pay, every day of their lives, committing every free moment they have to work. We work to improve our lives and the lives of others, but we shouldn't be expected to devote our entire waking life to work, and we shouldn't expect children to either. When children come home from school, we should want them to do the same as adults. Read at your own pace for pleasure. I teach high school English, so I ask students to read the assigned novel at home, and I allow them to read it at their own pace. I give them one due date and ask them to submit their notes on the entire novel after they finish reading it. We study the novel for at least one month, and so I, I try to give them as much time as possible to read by breaking up the year with poems, short stories, essays that can be read in class. Um, they always write in class because it's a, a that's my rule of thumb, basically. We always write essays in class because it's a place free of distractions. That's also why I don't give homework because I feel like whenever they're writing anything, whether it be a note or a handout or a poster with a quote on it, whenever they're writing something, I want to be there to be, to be a part of that conversation. Um, and I also want them to, to be in my class because I know that they can't go on their phone, they can't go on their computer, they have a pencil and a paper in their mind, and that's it. And so they can be free of distractions, even being on the computer. I know they have to learn to deal with this once they get to college and beyond. You have to learn to deal with the fact that there's Facebook right there if you want it. There's you know, Instagram right there if you want it. But, you know, that's the, I think the, what I want to force them into doing is um, realizing how much easier it is to write when there's nothing there. So I want to provide that environment for them in my class. But yeah, I, I have a, a kind of different way of assigning uh, a novel in that we, we, I, assign, I assign them the novel, they have a due date, and they have a certain number of pages of notes that I expect them to complete now, notes or anything from analysis and quotations or plot. You know, it's just you're important. You're writing down important things about the novel, and that's it. That's all I tell them to do. That's all you want them to do. You don't want them to answer questions or do a study guide or, you know, show that you read through to completing a quiz. A lot of that stuff for me just didn't have any meaning. Like it should have meaning for them. Yes, of course, there's stuff we're going to do so I know where they're at and if they read, but really they can do both. They can do something meaningful for themselves and show us that they read the book by doing a minimum amount of work uh, and, and writing things down that they think they'll use in an essay uh, in the future and that they just want to remember. They should be taking notes on everything. It's a life skill. They should be taking notes when somebody's talking, giving a lecture at a library or uh, in college, if it's a professor speaking, or if you listen to a podcast, you know, I, I, for my whole life, I took notes on anything that I listened to or or read, um, so I could always go back to it and make sense of it and learn. That's when you learn is when you make sense of it. You organize it, and then you have your own independent thought after you take the note. So, so we study one novel in class, and then they're reading another at home. So that I know can be tricky. But you are teaching them how to read a book independently and giving them their find you're telling them you can find your own time to read this. I'm just going to collect the notes on this date. So if they have a family, you know, trip coming up on a weekend or they have a school play or a soccer game or something that gets in the way of, of the school day. And I know academics should get a priority should be priority, but extra extracurricular activities should also 
be important. I don't know if they should be prioritized over academics, but what you're saying is this is important. Make sure you find the time on your own time to read this. You know, assign your own uh, 15, 20, 100 pages. If you want to read it on a Saturday morning, you might be able to knock out 100 pages on a Saturday morning if you wake up at 8 or 9 and read to noon or 1 o'clock. So you want to allow them to, to figure out how, like especially reading is such a complicated activity. You want to give them as much flexibility as possible for where they read, you know, at what time of day they read. Like I just described in the morning, if their parents can drop them off at a, at a library somewhere, um, or maybe the house is quiet in the morning and there's not as much, you know, chaos with the dinner happening and all the, all, all the nonsense that goes on at night in the house. Pets barking and everything, you know, siblings playing music in the next room. Maybe on the weekend there's a quiet moment where they can just sit and read a novel. So you want to give them the opportunity to find those, th that time and those places to read. And that's that, this system that I have enables that. And it also enables me to uh, talk about the, the entire book, the whole book, in its entirety when we study it. So I can talk about the first page and the last page in our discussions every single day that we discuss that book. So while we're discussing that book in class, and re a lot of the times rereading it out loud in class, and that helps too. So they might have read it like you know a couple weeks ago, but we're rereading passages and discussing those passages in class. Uh, so they're getting a refresher. They're almost reading it twice in some ways, um, reading the importance parts, well, at least reading important parts twice. They're reading it by themselves, and then they're reading it in class. And we do that anyway, regardless of the system we have. So obviously we want to find a balance between too much and too little homework. When a student works from home, it should be to get clarity on something or develop a deeper understanding of what their teacher presented in class, like a historical event or a scientific process. I've read and heard enough stories from teachers that, that stopped assigning homework altogether to know that there's little consequence to cutting back on homework. It's more about time management. When I say time management, I mean us, teachers, managing our time in class than anything else. In many cases, I've heard teachers report higher performance after they assign less homework or cut it out altogether because the time, the time in class was more, you know, get in here, get your pencil out, get this started, the transitions happen quickly. If, if kids know that, if, you know, they work hard, that they don't have to have homework, they're more willing to go along with your class activities and make it work. And it's all about the pace. It's all about the rhythm that we establish. Um, so, yeah, if we know unconsciously that well, we can just send that home for homework, you know, let's just kind of mosey around here and take it easy, you know, let's have a kind of laid back and cool class. And there's time and place for that. And, you know, we can, have, we can establish a culture of fun and, and excitement and also have jokes and be laid back. But, but as far as, as managing time is concerned, you know, that's why I, I really try to not send any, I don't ever really send anything home. Once in a while, they'll ask if they can take an essay home and write it at home. That's kind of different. If they have, if I don't feel like they'll be overwhelmed by reading and writing, because think about it, you're asking them to read 15, 20 pages a night and then also write this essay and find the time to write this essay. So that's also why I just keep, keep all writing happening in, in class. Um, I know if I use time effectively in class, there's no reason to send handouts or classwork home. I also like to be present when, when I ask students to perform a task so that I can provide feedback or quickly readjust the activity. So if they're doing it at home and it's kind of whatever reason not working out or not going that well, especially because they're doing it on their own, it's sometimes better when they have conversations with each other 
explaining to each other how to best complete the work, you know, that setting them up for failure. So I, I like being there physically being in the room when it's happening so I can say, you know what, skip that one, let's go to this one, or you know what, why don't you just uh, you know, do X, Y, and Z to make this go quicker and, and, and get it done. That's you know, so we so we can focus on the essentials. So this is this is not about all about giving students A's. It's about giving all students the chance to succeed. Even if their life at home, if they are in fact going home and not to a job, is chaotic and unpredictable. For many students, home is just not school. So let's be careful when we put the words home and work together. Thanks for listening.